0: Hello and welcome to Life Lessons Learned with Carrie Edwards. I am, of course, Carrie Edwards, and the whole point of this entire podcast series is simply to talk about all of the things that I wish I knew when I was younger. Now, there's a lot of you out there in your early 20s, mid 20s, your teenagers, uh, mid 30s whatever it is, and you're struggling with certain ideas, much like I did when I was those ages, right? Now I'm in my mid-40s, and I've learned a ton of life lessons. Some of them I learned the easy way. Some of them I learned by watching other people. Some of them I learned the hard way. Some of them I learned the very hard way. And some of them I learned the very, very, very hard way. But at the end of the day, a life lesson learned is a life lesson learned. So this is what we're going to do on the podcast. We're going to talk about things that I have learned in my life that might just help a couple of you. So for our very first episode, I decided that we're going to go with success. Because success, I fear, is something that we're trained to misunderstand. Now, let me explain this to you. When I say success, what do you think of? I'm guessing a lot of you are thinking fancy house, fancy car, big bank balance, somewhere in that sort of ballpark. Well, I would argue that that is the side effect of success. That is a a result of success. It's not success itself. Success as a concept is completely different from what happens with success. And we've all been trained to only think of the end result and not the actual process. And I would argue that success is, in fact, a process. So, let's, let's work this out together. What is success and how do we define it? There's lots of different ways that you could think about success, but at the end of the day, success is simply getting something done. Something needs to be done. You get it done, hey, success. But how you define success is also very, very important. Because if you su- if you design success simply in terms of, of finances, well, then that's financial success, but that's not success in general, right? So we've got to really figure out what we're talking about when we talk about success. Because there is, for example, uh, success at work. There is success of self. There is success in a relationship. These are all versions of success and none of them have anything to do with money because they're all a process. Yeah. So these are the three things that we're going to talk about today. Success at work, success of self, and success in relationships. Now, where does all of it go wrong? The way I see it, everything goes wrong because we are simply... Trained to think about success in very black and white terms, right? Success, failure. You're supposed to do this. You can't do this. Therefore, you failed. You're supposed to do this. You can do this. Ah, you've succeeded. But that's really not what success is. I mean, it is success in its in its very simplest form. But really, it's not the one that makes any sense when you're living your life in the real world, because at the end of the day. There is so much more to life than just very simple black and white binary sort of setups, right? So we're trained to think in, in, in terms of end results, and that's not always the most beneficial for us. So how do, we, how do we sort of change this? Well, I think that the first step is to simply embrace mistakes, This is one of those other things that we're trained to not do. We're trained to to never admit that we're wrong, to pretend like we're not wrong, to always have the answers. And the fact of the matter remains that mistakes are one of the best ways that we can grow, develop, and get better. Now, you might be thinking at this point, wait, what? You want us to go out and make mistakes? No. I want for you to embrace The fact that mistakes will happen. And mistakes tend to happen when you're doing new things. If you've been doing the same thing for the last five years at work, exactly the same job. You can probably do that job in your sleep and do it flawlessly. What you're not doing is you're not innovating, you're not creating, you're not doing anything new. Because the second you start doing something new, you're going to start making mistakes. And you're going to keep making mistakes until you get to a point where you are perfect at it, right? And then you start to do something new again. You start to make mistakes again. So the reality of life is if you're not making mistakes, you are in fact stagnant. Just, Just think about that for a second. If you're not making mistakes, you're stagnant. If you're stagnant, that means you're not growing. And if you're not growing, well, what's the point of this entire circus that we call life? I mean, isn't really the point of life to grow as much as we can, to experience as much as we can and to do as much as we can, right? That's really what life's all about. So remember, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not growing and you're stagnant. So what I really want you guys to do is is to go out there and embrace mistakes. When you make a mistake, look at it and learn from it. Because that is really what a mistake is there to do. It's there to teach you something. And when I was younger, much like a lot of you, I would never admit mistakes. If I didn't know something, I would just either avoid it or pretend like I knew exactly what I was doing. Whereas the reality of the matter is mistakes are going to happen all the time. Just learn from those mistakes. Yeah, Making mistakes, I mean, don't make a mistake on purpose, Right, That doesn't really do anything for anybody. But when a mistake happens, look at it, analyze it, figure out what you can do better, figure out how you can do it better and take away that lesson that is in there. It's it's wrapped up in that mistake. It's, It's right there. You just have to unwrap the mistake and then you get the little prize at the end. Now, so having said that, I want to now go to sort of like step two, right? Which is a new way to think about success. Now, when we think of uh, the three successes that we're going to be talking about, right? Success at work, success of self, and success in relationships. Um, When when we think about these things, now let's let's start with success at work. Any job, no matter what your job is, it's goal or task oriented, right? Uh, There is something that needs to get done, And the faster you can do it, the more efficiently you can do it, the better you can do it, right? Um, Those are all great things. But at the end of the day, it's just getting a job done, right? So let's say, for example, you are a bricklayer and you have to build a wall, right? The task is very simple. Take these bricks and turn them into a wall, right? That's it. That's the job. The wall doesn't have to be beautiful. The wall doesn't have to be um, extremely well finished. It just has to serve a purpose, and that is to keep whatever out or to keep whatever in, right? And that's all that's needed. Now, that is the most basic form of success because you have successfully done something. It doesn't have to be beautiful, right? It just has to serve a purpose, right? So, if that is the goal, then you've already met the goal and therefore you are successful, right? If the goal is to build a beautiful wall, well, now that's a different sort of success, right? Because the first version of the wall isn't going to work anymore, right? Now, you not only have to take these bricks and turn them into a wall, you also have to finish the wall beautifully. You have to make sure that it's nice and clean. You have to have some level of design, workmanship, and so on and so forth, right? Now, let's say you were starting out as a bricklayer. Well, the first version of a wall is all that you'd be capable of, and that would be success. Now, as you continue in your job, you're going to get better at it. You're going to make mistakes, you're going to learn from those mistakes, you're going to get better, and then you're going to be capable of making a beautiful wall. And then, after years and years and years of making beautiful walls successfully, you're then going to be able to make stronger walls, or higher walls, or whatever version of a wall you want to create. And at every level, there is success. And that's really the point. It's not that the guy that builds the tallest wall is more successful than the guy that built the first wall, because the job description was different. The skill level was different. And that's really, really important to remember, because I fear that one of the things that we do far too often, is we compare ourselves to the person sitting next to us. And that's not helpful. So, for example, uh, there was a a gentleman who had already started about, you know, 50 different companies. Uh, He was on his way to being a billionaire and he felt like a failure And when asked why he felt like a failure, he said, well, you know, my college roommate is doing so much more than I am. And I just, you know, I just feel like a bit of a failure. Now, remember, he was on his way to being a billionaire. He already had 50 successful companies and he felt like a failure. Why? Because he was comparing himself to his college uh, roommate. And who was his college roommate? Elon Musk. So there you have it. Success cannot be defined if you're comparing yourself to someone else. It has to be based on you and based on the job at hand. So when it comes to success at work, you are successful if you get the job done. Anything extra is a bonus, yeah? But that's really the bottom line is getting the job done. Now, when we think of success of self, using the Elon Musk's roommate idea, right, when we think of us as, as people, and we think about how we are successful or not successful or whatever, it's usually compared against an external force, right, someone else, it's never us. We don't say, hey, you know, there was a time where I didn't know how to do this thing and now I know how to do this thing and and that makes me feel successful. No, you're always comparing yourself to your friends, your classmates, your peers, so on and so forth. And that's never a good idea because you have your story and they have their story. And trying to make their story part of your story is never a good idea. Don't ever do that because the truth of the matter remains that you are on a path, you're on a journey. It's your life. The decisions that you make, the things that you do, the people that you talk to, the places that you go, these are all going to have an effect on you. They're going to have an effect on you that they might not have on someone else. So using another person as a a sort of guide to how successful you are is never going to be a good idea because as cliched as this sounds, Each of you, in your own way, is quite unique. So my argument would be, instead of using external sort of landmarks to determine your own success, I would say simply think about whether or not you are better today than you were yesterday at whatever the task is, right? Uh, if you say, you know, I I, I want to be kinder, right? Let's say that's the goal. I, I want to be kinder. Well, then just ask yourself this question. Am I kinder today than I was yesterday? Or am I more empathetic today than I was yesterday? Am I happier today than I was yesterday? And I know the second I say happy, uh, a lot of people are going to say, well, I mean, you, you can't choose to be happy well actually yes you can because happiness is in fact a choice you can wake up every morning and say no matter what happens i'm going to be happy and you probably won't succeed at first but the longer you do it the better chance you stand at actually making it happen and this is really what success of self is it's simply about trying to be better today than you were yesterday at whatever it is that you're trying to be better at. Which brings us to the third version of success, which is success in relationships. Now, one of the biggest problems in relationships is that both partners in a relationship want the other partner to change a little bit, right? But each partner doesn't necessarily want to change themselves right? I mean, why would you want to change yourself? You, you probably like yourself. I mean, I, I, I know I like who I am. And when my partner wants me to change, I'm not the biggest fan of it, right? I'm like, hey, I, I, I don't want to do that. But one of the things that we tend to do in relationships is we actually set our partners up for failure. And we do it inadvertently. We, we obviously don't mean to do it. But that's exactly what we do. So let me give you an example. Um, let's say that you have a partner that's particularly critical, right? Let's say he or she is constantly pointing out flaws. Constantly, ah, you can do this better. Oh, you should do that better. You should do this better. You should do that better. And obviously for, I mean, that, that's A, that's not healthy. And B, that's a behavior that would be best if it, if it changed. So you could say, hey, listen, I need you to stop being critical. Just stop it, right? And it's probably not going to happen because that's sort of who the person is, right? And if you try to stop any behavior, like just cold turkey, just stop it, it's probably not going to work, right? You have to set up smaller goals right um, let me let me, let me use a, um, a another example. Um, let's say you have a partner who plays video games every day right or watches TV for prolonged periods of time and is therefore not productive right and you want that behavior to change. Um, well let's go with video games and we will leave TV aside for a second right so you ask your partner you say hey I, I, how much, uh, uh, you know, how much time do you spend playing video games? And the, your partner says, uh, like three hours a day. So you say, okay. Um, now, at this point, you could say, listen, I, I need you to stop. Okay, I just, you, you, you can't do this anymore. I need you to stop. Well, if you do that, they'll, they'll, they'll probably stop. But two things are almost absolutely certain one is they will be resentful and two is that um, they're going to muck up and they're going to start playing video games again, right? Because they're not doing it of their own free will. They're doing it to try to make you happy, right? So, you know, they're going to play video games when you're not around. They're going to, you know what I mean? They're going to find a way to make it work, but they're going to be resentful and that's kind of a relationship killer, right? Uh, So, a, a better way to to go about this process would be perhaps to say okay um so for the next month right um i just need you to track how much time you spend playing video games and and then at the end of that month right and like don't give them grief about playing video games because that's the whole point you're just trying to track how much time now once they come back at the end of the month and they're like oh, okay so you know i'm i'm actually playing like seven hours a day right? When I thought I was playing three. um, And you say, okay, cool. So you're playing seven hours a day, right? You thought you were playing three. But like, for the next month, can we just try to cut seven down to six? Right? That's it. Right? Just cut one hour down. Now, the reason that you're doing that is because that is probably uh, something that is doable, right? And then what you're doing is you're giving them a small goal that they can actually be successful at, right? Because the other version is that you give them a task, they fail, you get upset that they failed, so you try again and they fail, and then you get upset that they fail, and what you're really doing is you're training your partner to fail, right? You're giving them a task that they just can't do, and you're training them to fail, Why not instead train them to succeed? Give them smaller tasks that are much easier to do and understand that even with the easy tasks, they're sometimes going to muck things up. They're sometimes going to slide back. They're sometimes going to play for seven hours a day. But any move in the right direction over a prolonged period of time is going to pay dividends I mean, that's really how interest, uh, that's how compound interest works, right? It's the same principle. Apply the compound interest principle to small incremental changes in your life and you will suddenly see a remarkable difference in the way that you live. So there you have it. A new way to look at success. Whether it's success at work, success of self, or success in relationships, There is always a new way to look at things. Now, some of you might agree with me and some of you might disagree with me, but at the end of the day, take it for what it's worth. Try it if you'd like. And the one thing I can say is I can virtually guarantee success because I've lived it, I've tried it, I've done it, and I've succeeded. So on that note, we come to the end of the very first episode of Life Lessons Learned with Carrie Edwards. I really hope to see you guys next week where we're going to discuss a brand new idea about a brand new concept. Well, not a brand new concept because the concepts already exist. It's just going to be a different way of looking at it because that's what we do on Life's Lessons Land. See you guys next week.